This is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? <laughs> oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank that. you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree <laughs> on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Bergeff. Hey, thanks for joining us on the podcast once again today. Sean Bolson is on the road uh, today, joining us uh, here on the podcast. And it's an exciting week, but kind of a melancholy one for me at the same time, Sean because I love to watch the British Open. I will get up extra early in the mornings uh, to watch a little bit before uh, going to work on Thursday and Friday mornings. And and then, of course, on uh, Saturday and Sunday, you you could get out and play golf then after the the tournament is over. But it's melancholy because it means that, you know, we're approaching the end of the regular PGA Tour season, too. So fun to watch, but it's the last major of the year, which is, oh, gosh, the golf season goes fast. It does. In the last major of the year, it is one of my favorites, but I kind of say that about each one. Yeah, right. But I do like the uh, the thing I've always liked about the British is if you get the elements, uh, you know, that can present themselves during the tournament. Yeah. You get to see some of the pros uh, struggle like uh, the rest of us do each day. But um, I, I saw there's a chance of rain. They said it's going to be soft. The greens will be slow. Uh, there are quite a few pot bunkers hidden all over. So. I don't know. I think it'll be a great tournament. I'm excited. Uh, personally, I think it's a great year for the Americans. With uh, you got Scheffler, Kepka, Rom, or uh, uh, DJ, and then you have Ricky with the resurgence. So yep. um, I'm excited to watch it. I think it's going to be a great field, and it's always an entertaining, uh, different style of golf to watch. It is. It's something we don't get to see very often. That Lynx style. I don't know if they have Lynx uh, tournaments actually on U.S. soil. It seems like they do go overseas to do that even though there's some great links courses in the united states but you know that was kind of invented over there uh in scotland where they were last week and and uh this week uh where they're playing and and uh you know it's interesting so after was it the masters of the u.s open when uh, kepka talked about the slow play and he kind of referenced patrick cantley uh by name and well guess who they have paired together Thursday and Friday, uh, Cantlay, Kepka, and Matsuyama, who's also a noted slow player. Do you think that the, they maybe set Kepka up a little bit here? I mean, it's not a blind draw. They make the pairings. Uh, do you suppose they paired Kepka with Cantlay and Matsuyama uh, for a reason to see if he could handle playing with the slower players on tour? Yeah, I don't know. They, yeah. it, it does seem like uh, throughout the uh the golf world you either really like or you really don't like brooks and yeah. this would be a way to agitate him but when the guy is on you know he's been my favorite guy for quite a while mm-hmm. he's uh super enter- entertaining and fun to watch but um you know it'll be interesting to see how he can do it because you're right i mean it's five and a half hours of uh of just you know having to keep your focus and your concentration and and if you can just go and play and, and keep the rhythm going that's great but when you do have slow play and you have people in your group that are super slow, you know, it can be tough to hold that concentration for that long. It can. And, you know, I knew Cantlay was slow. I hadn't paid that much attention to Matsuyama previously, but I, I read an article in Golf Magazine on their on their website yesterday saying that Matsuyama is also someone that is uh, threatened with being put on the clock uh, just about every week and that he's also quite a deliberate player. So, uh, so you know, I mean, you and I, we both like to play fairly fast, but if if you do get in a situation where you're in a, a slow group and, and tournament-wise we deal with that, what do you do in between shots to kind of keep your mind on the game but not think about it too much? Have you got any techniques or things that you use when, when it's a slow day on the course? 
Well, when I'm with my buddies and we see that uh, beer cart roll around, that, that always helps. Uh, takes yes. up some time. But I don't know <laughs> that uh, that improves your chances on winning a golf tournament. But uh, you know, I, I I don't know. I mean, if you're if you're with guys you enjoy, you know, kind of chumming it up, talking yeah. about whatever, you know, it's fun. But uh, when you're locked in and and you're just waiting shot after shot after shot, that gets it, that's tough to really keep your focus because you start getting frustrated. And then if you throw a bad shot in there, your mind instantly goes, to, well, geez, if we could just, you know, speed up. But, you know, so uh, it, it, it's challenging. But uh, our game isn't quite as good as Brooks. And so I'm sure <laughs> if Brooksy uh, can keep it uh, rolling, I think he'll be just fine. He's about as strong mentally as they get, too. Now, he did yeah. vent a little about the slow play uh, with uh, Cantlay and some others out there. At the same time, he's winning a major and finishing second in the other one in which he played slow, so he clearly is able to deal with it. He just doesn't enjoy it that much and probably thinks the game would be better if it moved a little faster, uh, which I would agree with. I, I wonder if there ever comes a time on the PGA Tour where they look at what baseball has done and baseball viewership of their games has gone up exponentially this year. Well, that might be a bit of a stretch, but it's gone up quite a bit uh, this year. Uh, and, and in large part, I believe, because the game is faster because of the pitch clock implementation, because the games are two hours and 40 minutes now instead of three hours and 10 minutes. I wonder if they would ever consider actually enforcing, because they do have rules in place of the PGA Tour, actually enforcing you know, shot clocks uh, in golf and trying to speed play up a little bit. Yeah, that would be interesting. I think the the worst part would be if they get put on the clock and Brooks is a fast player, mm -hmm. it instantly even speeds, you know, him up. And yep. it's an annoying thing to have the officials around saying to get put on the clock. So, you know, the clock is generally put on a group, I believe. Yeah. And, and I think that just couldn't rattle everybody in the group. So someone who isn't slow, uh, you know, I don't know how you'd individually – do that you know you could probably do it on the green uh after one guy's you know uh hit you put the the next guy on the clock i mean it gets a little more complicated because you're you're putting three people or you know whatever yeah. uh, they're played two some threes and foursomes um you're putting the whole group on the clock where you you might only have one offender in the whole group but yet it can mess up the the karma for the other guys so i would like to see it can't lay it slow you know sabatini was notoriously oh, yeah. slow before um, and so it's frustrated to get to put uh, with somebody. I had that happen in Oakdale last year. I had a guy who, you know, all, and also took a questionable ruling, and he was super slow, and I was playing really well. But by the end, I was worn out and frustrated. I'm thinking more about, you know, what's this clown doing versus, yeah. uh, you know, concentrating on my own game. And, and we all know uh, worrying about your own game is, is enough to worry about. You know, you know, it's frustrating when you're worrying about something else. Yeah, I'm not as strong mentally as Brooks Kepka. This just in. So I played with a slower player uh, earlier in a tournament this year too at the Lakeland, and and uh, because I'm not the the mental rock that Brooks Kepka is, it 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 affected me. You know, I was standing and watching multiple waggles of the club, and and very deliberate and in deciding which shots. And and this was a young player too, a very nice young guy, a, a super young guy. He played very well. He wound up winning my flight, as a matter of fact. Um, but he was just exceedingly slow. I'd like to see at the junior level where they start to have players play faster because right now, even at the junior level, they pretty much let the players go at their own pace. I think they should, if you have a slow player at that level, get them to play a little bit faster. Get that shot routine uh, to go just a little quicker. If they just get used to doing it, it shouldn't be a big problem. Yeah, I agree. 
I agree, but again, it's getting everybody on the same page. Yeah. And it, it, it reminds me of, you know, women's tennis. Uh, when, when we were in the Monica Sellis era. The screaming. Uh, where they were screaming, and yeah. then all of a sudden at the junior level, they started to, uh, you know, basically say, hey, this isn't okay to do it. Now you're seeing it, it change. I think the junior level would be the place to go with it to uh, just let, you know, the, the kids know, hey, this is how we want Yeah, tough to put four hour round, but yeah. it's going to be, you know, shorter than five and a half. Yeah, I mean, it might be too late to fix Cantlay. Uh, you know, although you know they talked to remember Sergio used to be incredibly slow, and he would have sixteen, eighteen waggles, especially with his driver, and he was able to fix that and become uh, a quicker player. So I don't know why Cantlay couldn't necessarily. Cantlay isn't a big waggle guy. He's just very deliberate in his routine in terms of looking at his yardage. I guess in the last tournament, he walked up to the green multiple times from 60, 70 yards away uh, to look at the green and then walk back, and, and his pace is always quite slow. So uh, I, it might be too late. But, yeah, if you get players younger so that when they arrive on the tour, they're already fast players, that's probably where it has to start. Yeah, the waggling, you know, we've seen Kevin Na do that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've played with guys that, you know, waggle and they just feel like they can't pull the trigger. That's a little bit different than yeah. walking up to the green from 70 yards and so on. So, yeah, anything you can do to uh, speed it up uh, I think is a positive thing for everybody. You know, there's one guy who we used to take to win tournaments a lot, but he goes to live and he gets under the radar, the defending champ, Cameron Smith. You know, it, it doesn't seem like, well, of course he doesn't get as much talk about him because he's on the live tour and they don't talk about that that much in the national media. But uh, he's been playing pretty well and live lately. I, I think you have to consider uh, Cam as one of those guys that could be right there late on Sunday. Yeah, um, you know, Rory's won this one before. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm not a huge Rory guy, but, yeah, he is. Uh, I think he's there. Cam Smith's going to be there. You know, he uh, uh, has won one of these. You got, uh, you know, I think Rahm has struggled since his win at the, at the uh, Masters. He isn't in the kind of form that he's accustomed to being in, but, you know, he's always going to be in the mix. So, uh, you know, Ricky's resurgence. You got Brooks. DJ, I think, plays well on uh, – courses like this so i i don't know i i'm excited to watch it if i were to go a, uh, a favorite right now I mean, it's hard to to not go a scheffler with the ball striking uh yeah. that he's shown this year but you know you have 15 guys that if they win you'd be like yeah i'm not surprised about that yeah you know with scheffler too unfortunately his putter has been a little bit off uh, recently, although they asked him about it at the last tournament, then they said, "Now these putting struggles," and he says, "Yeah, I've struggled my all way all the way to number one in the world." <laughs> and I thought, "Yeah, it's a right. good comeback, uh, certainly." But uh, at the British, putting is so important, especially your lag putting. Now, maybe that isn't necessarily what Scheffler's been having trouble with. I think what he's having the most trouble with is four to eight feet uh, in that range. But, uh, uh, you know, putting is so important uh, always, but in particular at the British because of the giant undulating greens. Oftentimes guys are hitting putts from 100 feet. Uh, and and uh, so I wonder if Scheffler's game is in the right spot, although he finishes in the top 10 every week, it seems. So certainly he's there every week. But it might be one of those weeks where I'm, I'm not thinking Scheffler uh, might be among the leaders at the end. Well, I think the difference is, is when you're putting on some of these greens that are running like a 13 on the PGA Tour, yeah. that's a whole lot different than when you're, you know, putting these slow, these greens are, are slow to begin with. Now there's been moisture, so I think the greens are going to be pretty slow. 
I do think that gives these guys a opportunity to take a little more run at it. But, yeah, I mean, his putting consistency hasn't been where it is, which tells you how unbelievable his ball striking is to remain at number one yeah. when your putter's struggling. So, <laughs> I, it'll be, you know, it's always fun to watch somebody that's 30 yards off the green and instead of chipping, they're, they're putting it. So, uh, it, it is fun to see. It's fun to watch. It's a different style of golf. And, and uh, extremely entertaining. And if the wind blows and the the rain comes and they're they're playing in conditions like that, these pros look a little more a uh, little more like us each and every time. So yeah. uh, I, I enjoy that. Yeah, and never count out Shane Lowry. Of course, I always focus on the Americans because I want the Americans to win. But there's certainly a strong contingent, uh, you know, with Lowry and, and uh, uh, Tommy Fleetwood is in great form of late, and Rory is always a threat. Although I always hear, outside of when Tiger Woods was doing it, very difficult to win back-to-back weeks on the tour uh, because of what it takes to, to win a tournament. But I guess if there's a guy built for that, it might be Rory. Yeah, uh, you know, it's a it's a, a test last week, you know, just like it's going to be this week, and Rory struck it well and plays well. And I, I believe, yeah, Rory's won at this. Uh, yes, he, he won has. a British at yep. this venue before, which yep. doesn't hurt the confidence either. So uh, he's always going to be there. Um, you know, he'll be a fan favorite over there. Yep. Um, another guy, though, that I do believe has a chance that's not my favorite is Morikawa, the way he's been yep. striking the ball, lost up Fowler in the playoffs. Uh, playing pretty well, so you know I, I'm cheering for the American contingency also. But yep. um, you know, uh, Rory is going to be somebody that that uh, is going to be tough to beat. And then you always have some of those European guys that you know grew up playing Lynx golf that uh, are going to be in the mix. So, uh, like I said, I think there's a a, a large number of guys that uh, have a chance to win. Yeah, Matthew Fitzpatrick maybe would be one of those guys yep. on the foreign contingent uh, as well. Yeah, I'm really pulling for Ricky. I hope he can continue his good play. He's probably the best player that's never won a major. He won the Players' Championship, which they kind of call the fifth major, but it isn't really. But it would be great to see Fowler uh, pick up a win, too. Not that I'm necessarily picking him, uh, I, I you know, but, uh, but Fowler, it would be fun just to see him in contention. Yeah, he... He, he's an easy guy to cheer for, yep. period. Everybody likes Ricky. Everybody likes his Sunday orange. Uh, kids have been wearing flat bill orange Puma hats, uh, you know, for quite a while. So I, I would agree. I would – Ricky would be the number one guy other than Brooks that I'd like to see with it. Yeah. Uh, have you signed up for the Oakdale Invitational yet? You know, I, I tried to get on the link. I couldn't get on. So I, uh, I sent Mike an email and I said, please make sure I get signed up. So yes. uh, I'm excited for that one. Yeah, that comes up, uh, what, the second weekend of uh, of August, August, I think. Yep. Yeah. So you've been dealing with a little wrist thing. How's that going? Uh, it's going. It's, it, it comes and it goes. I had surgery, what, eight, ten years ago on yeah. it, and, and I think something let loose, and it's it, it bothers me. Uh, I feel the tendon kind of snapping, and then all of a sudden my wrist swells up. And, so, yeah, it's frustrating. I mean, you know, you rather have an injury in the middle of winter than during golf season. But, right. You know, I'm just trying to get through it, and I put some really good rounds together, and then I'll put some rounds that aren't great together. So uh, I guess that's just kind of my game right now. My round at Blueberry Pines up in Monaga. Have you ever played that course? I have not. 
Uh, it's it's a really beautiful course. So if you're going north on 71, you see it, you should try and play it if you can. Uh, great, uh, you know, through the pines and all that. So I shot 34, which ties my career low for nine holes up there. And it is a, a highly rated course. You know, it's not a, it's not an easy golf course at all. Uh, but then I shot 45 on the back. I don't know what happens to me. It's like, it's like I have a mental block of shooting a low round. Uh, so I shouldn't think ahead, right? I got through 10 and I was still 200 par. And at that point was the first time I actually paid attention to my score very much. And I thought, gosh, I don't have to play that well to shoot a par round, which I've only done twice in my entire life. I've only been subpar once. Uh, and, and then right from there, I started making bogeys and had a quad and everything in there as well. When I, I, I hit the ball and lost one and hit one in the water. Anyway, uh, I, I don't know how guys such as yourself, I mean, you've shot what a 67 is your low round or something like yeah, that. 66, I shot a 66 and a 67. Yeah. So I, I'm not able to keep it together for 18 holes. I don't know what the deal is. Well, the thing is, is Andy Jacobson told me once, he goes, just once you do it, you got to get comfortable with being under par because yeah. You're right. You get under par, and then all of a sudden, if you haven't done it before, you're like, holy cow, what, yeah, right. what are we going to do here? And the first one, I just kind of had a muscle through it. And I've shot, you know, not a ton, but I've shot, you know, some rounds under par, the 71. Yeah. But, you know, that's more like it. But the rounds that I got really going, you know, you just, it is. You're thinking about it. You're thinking about, hey, this is what I got to do. This is how it's going to work. And, and then all of a sudden, things normally go sideways. Once you fight through that and you get it, you know, I did those rounds i believe only a month or two apart um i was playing really well feeling good about my game but yeah it's you got to get comfortable being uncomfortable and and being that far under par when you're not used to it is is an uncomfortable feeling yeah it kind of is and and it's strange you know i i struggle more with success sometimes uh than the failure on the golf course i guess because i expect uh you know to hit some bad shots and i don't expect it that many good shots in a row i had a I had a stretch where I had three birdies and four holes and missed a four-footer for a fourth birdie and five holes. Uh, and uh, it was so much fun to kind of just grip the club and it feels good in your hand and you just take a swing and the ball goes where you want it to. That that doesn't happen that often for me. So I'll just have to say, yeah, this is just, let's just continue on this way. Somehow I've, I've got to get over that little mental block and looking forward to playing Oakdale myself here in a couple of weeks. Uh, Sean, safe travels today and we'll get together again, play some golf. Sounds good. Thanks, Todd. Sean Bolson joining us here on the Todd and Friends podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at kwlm, 1340 a.m. and 96.3 FM.